have about six people today. <laughs> but look at you, you came out. We're going to continue our study of Ecclesiastes this morning. Ecclesiastes, and we're going to be in chapter 3. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, um, we reach what are probably the most famous verses of Ecclesiastes, the poem that's in verses 1 through 9 of Ecclesiastes. And if you look at your Bible, it quite likely has it set aside separately. As a, it's a way of, that Bible translators do to show you it's poetry. So in, in this is the English Standard Version. It, it sets it apart, it indents it further, and, and has it in a, in a different uh, set, typeset, so that you can tell that this is poetry. And I've seen this poem on doctor's offices and businesses and in homes. Uh, we see this everywhere. So it's probably the most famous part of Ecclesiastes. And we understand it. We, we relate to it because we understand the seasons of life. Right? We have seasons like we're in winter. It will be spring someday. <laughs> and, and then summer. And then we'll, uh, uh, we'll be begging for this again. Uh, this kind of weather again in just a few months, though we're, you may be sick of it now. So we, we understand the seasons. We even understand the seasons of our lives, like we go from, from childhood to teenager to young adult to adult to senior adult. We understand these seasons that happen. We understand the seasons also of our spiritual life, where we have times that, that are mountaintop experiences. We feel like God is speaking to us directly. We can hear him clearly. And then other times where we have to strain to hear his voice. We, we understand even these kind of seasons emotionally where we wake up and just don't feel like being around people today. And then, which is a lot. Uh, and then, and then other, other days that we wake up happy and we just can't figure out why. We understand the seasons, and that's what this poem is about, is the seasons of life. So let's read. It is up here behind me. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 1. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What gain has a worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. 
and that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil, for this is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing can be taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. So let's kind of work our way down through this, this poem. The first verse tells us that, that this is time under heaven, that, that all of these seasons happen under heaven. And we've seen this several times in our study of, of Ecclesiastes. We've seen under heaven or under the sun, the idea being here. Because these seasons that we know so well don't belong in heaven. They don't belong in eternity. They are for here. These seasons have a purpose here. The seasons in our lives, uh, whether they be physical or emotional or spiritual, all of these seasons only live here. In heaven, they're done. And so let's, let's kind of work our way through this. It, he starts with a time to be, to be born and a time to die a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. We set time in our lives by these things, don't we? We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate anniversaries. We, we, we mourn anniversaries of deaths. We understand these things and actually set time according to these kinds of things. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. Uh, he speaks of war later in this poem, so he's probably here talking about disease and sickness. And there's a time to kill what is causing you to be sick. And, and there's a time to heal. <clears throat> a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. These are the emotional seasons of our lives. We know these seasons. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. This is interesting. I, I, I connect this with 2 Kings. In 2 Kings, we're told that, that when a, an army, an enemy army, was going to surround an, a, a city, they would, the city would be, have its walls and then have the fields around it, and they would throw stones in the fields so that the people inside the city couldn't farm those fields to, to bring food into the city during the siege. Now, the interesting thing is, we also see in that, in that second king story that the people would go out in the, in the middle of the night and gather those stones up and use them to fortify the walls of the city. So there is, there is kind of a, there's probably a sermon laying here that you may hear one day about how, how the enemy plants stones in our lives to keep us from growing and how we can use those stones to fortify ourselves against the enemy. Because that's what that's the story we get in 2 Kings. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. The, the Middle Eastern culture uh, at the beginning and the end of any kind of meeting is an embrace. Now, we, we use that embrace often here in church. I, I talk about uh, hugging a neck at church. But we need to know those who don't want to be embraced. 
we need to, to, to respect those that don't want to be embraced. So there's a time for an embrace, and there's a time to refrain. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. There's your biblical authority to clean out the closet. And guys, the garage. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. Culturally, this probably points to mourning. You've seen it on TV when, when they are mourning in the Middle East in that culture. They tear their garments and beat their chests and wail. That's, that's a sign of mourning for them. There's a time for that. And then there's a time to knit back together, to sew back together what's been torn. We, uh, we think of that in terms of when we lose a loved one. There's a time that it tears us apart. But there is also a time to sew back together what's left and go on with our lives. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now I know Christians aren't supposed to hate, right? Wrong. Psalm 97.10 says, Hate evil, you who love the Lord. There is a time to hate. We hate evil because of what it does to us and what it does to others. We know the effects of evil. So there is a time for hate. So I want to point out a couple of things in this, in this uh, poem. First of all, you've got one or the other. You really can't do both at the same time. They are antithetical. You've got thesis and antithesis. You've got point-counterpoint, like Proverbs is written. You've got this idea that, that there's one and then the other. But we see in this the seasons of our lives. And look at what verse 10 says. It says, I've seen the business that God has given the children of man. God has designed these seasons in our lives. He has designed them in. God made this cycle of, of seasons of, of winter, spring, summer, fall, of, of mountaintops and valleys, of, of age, of all of the seasons that we understand that we, we live every day, the, the spiritual ones, the emotional ones, the physical ones. God has designed all of those. And he's designed all of those so that we would learn. God speaks the language of faith. In fact, the writer of Hebrews tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. God speaks the language of faith. And these seasons in our lives teach us the language of faith. They teach us how to live faith. You know, what, exactly, what exactly is faith? There is what we know and what we must trust God for. And that gap in between, that's where faith lives. Faith lives in this place where we don't know, but we trust God for. That's where faith lives. And that's taught to us through the seasons of life. So God has designed the, the, the seasons of life to teach us faith. And then he goes on and says, and he put eternity into man's heart. Now, Every one of us knows this. We know that there's more to life than what we're living right now. There has to be more to life than uh, go to work, eat, sleep, rinse and repeat. Right? 
There has to be more to life than this. We know that there is more to life than this. We know intrinsically, we know inside us that, that there is more to life than this. This is what I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Augustine said that there is a God-shaped space in each of us. This is where, where, that, where the way Solomon says it is God has put eternity in our hearts. There is a God-shaped space in us that desires more than what this life has. There's a, there's a God-shaped space in us that, that we live the seasons but understand somehow that they're going to end. That, that at some day, in eternity, in heaven, these seasons no longer are. That's the God-shaped space. That's, that's God putting eternity into every man's heart. So everything is indeed beautiful in its time when we, when we consider that God has designed it that way. And that, as, as uh, Paul tells us in Romans 8, everything works together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We don't understand the, the seasons sometimes. We don't understand the purpose behind what, what we're going through sometimes. But we trust that God, that God is, is dealing with us on the basis of love and grace. Love and grace is who God is. And so he deals with us on that basis, on the basis of love and grace. And so, again, this is where faith lives, where what we know and what we have to trust God for is where faith lives. Faith in the grace and, and, and love of God. Faith in the gap. So as verses 12 and 13 tell us, be joyful and do good as long as we live. Eat and drink and enjoy our work because it's a gift from God. Life is a gift from God. We talked a couple of weeks ago about how what we eat and what we drink is a direct blessing from God. We, can, we celebrate together eating and drinking because it's a gift from God. It's what God has given us. We celebrate the blessing of God. We celebrate the provision of God. We celebrate what God has done when we eat and drink and have joy. And we celebrate what God has done when we do our work. You have been given gifts and abilities and talents by God to do what you do. So celebrate the, the, the work that God has given you to do. Celebrate it. And then it, it, he goes on to say, what God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, and nothing can be taken from it. What he has done shows us who he is. The seasons not only teach us faith, they teach us who God is. God, what God has done cannot be undone. What he promises cannot be broken. What he opens cannot be closed. What he closes cannot be opened. What God does is forever. And so we trust that promise. We trust his, his love, his grace. We trust what God has given you in grace and love cannot be taken away from you. It cannot. Because what God does endures forever. So we celebrate what God has done forever 
And then verse 15 is probably my favorite in this whole passage. Verse 15 says, He seeks what has been driven away. He seeks what has been driven away. Have you ever considered, have you ever thought that, that the seasons in your life are God seeking you? That the hard times and the good times both are designed by God seeking you so that you will look up, so that you will look back to Him because He is seeking you right now. He's seeking you in all of the seasons of your life. I, don't, I couldn't possibly know what, every, what season of your life you're in right now, but I can tell you with confidence because of Ecclesiastes 3.15, God is seeking you in it. He is pursuing you in it. God is pursuing you. So we trust His love. We trust His grace. We trust by faith because He is constantly seeking us. As, as the, the, the song recently says, uh, that I've heard recently says, I don't know what today may bring, but I know who brings today. And so I can do it. I can face today. We can face the seasons in our lives knowing, knowing that they're there to teach us faith, teach us the language of faith. They're there to show us who's in control. We don't control the seasons. You try and change winter to spring. Go ahead. See how, how successful you'll be. You're not in control of that. God's in control of the seasons of our lives as well. So he, the seasons in our lives teach us. They show us who's got, who God is and who's in control. They show us who God is, that, that, that he pursues us in all of our lives. In, this, in the hard times, he's pursuing us. In the good times, he's pursuing us. God pursued you when he came here and died on a cross. When Jesus came and died for your sin, he was pursuing you. Do you trust that God? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment and consider the question. Do you trust the God who is pursuing you? Do you trust that the seasons of your life are teaching you who He is, teaching you faith? Do you trust that Jesus came pursuing you and died on that cross to save you from your sin? Because you can. It's a simple prayer this morning. A prayer that, that acknowledges that, I have, that you have sin in your life. God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. But I trust that Jesus came pursuing me. And that he died on that cross to pay my price. He took my place on that cross. So I ask you to, to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life and show me your grace, your love. Show me in the seasons of my life how you are continuing to pursue me.
If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Maybe this morning you, you know Christ, but you've been caught up in the seasons of life. Will you take a moment right now and just thank God that He is pursuing you by the season you're in right now? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for this reminder that you are constantly pursuing us. And we thank you that we can see you in the seasons of our lives. We can learn faith in the seasons of our lives. We thank you that you are involved enough, you pursue us enough to cause all of this. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.